Indeed, O Lord, thou art the living fountain, a fountain of life, a fountain of pleasure indeed, of joy that begins here and in eternity. O Lord God, our Father in heaven, bless our gathering this afternoon and thy holy word unto us and supply and minister unto the needs that are gathered here and as well as those that could not come, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'd like to read and meditate with the Lord's help out of the Word of God as found in Romans chapter 2. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest does the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and does the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to every man according to his deeds. To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and mortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath. Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jews first, and also of the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first, and also to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. For as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of man by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. 
Behold, thou art a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law, and are confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them that which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Thou, therefore, which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law dishonorest thou God. For the name of God is blasphemed amongst the Gentiles through you, as it is written. For circumcision verily profited if thou keep the law, but if thou break, be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee who by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law. For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of man but of God. <clears throat> This letter uh, written by, we gather by Apostle Paul to the Romans, <clears throat> does clarify in, in a very, very open sense uh, the, the, the position of the law. <clears throat> what place the law has in, uh, in, in the message that God has for mankind. And surely there is probably a, a stage in everyone's life as it was in mine too <clears throat> when you thought of yourself pretty well and looked around and said, well, I'm not quite like this. Uh, I'm not perfect, but uh, I'm a pretty decent chap. I like to see people to be happy. I don't like to hurt them. And as it was, I, I got pretty well along with people at school, at work, and didn't have, so to speak, enemies. Even at school, <clears throat> the bullies did not pick on me. They accepted me as one that would help them with their school uh, work, and the other ones that were picked off that I wasn't picking on them either. So I got quite well along, and <clears throat> sort of 
you develop a sense of what's right and wrong according to your standard. You expect others no more or less than what you would expect of yourself <clears throat> and think that that's quite all right. But, you know, you can, <clears throat> when there is not much light, it's hard to distinguish, really. But when there comes light, then it reveals more what the difference is. And as long as we judge people by our own standard, the Bible teaches us <clears throat> we will be also judged. You could even use a, a scripture like, with what measure you meet, you shall be, it shall be meted you again. With what judgment you judge, you shall be judged again. So you tell yourself, if you are not hard on other people, <clears throat> then neither will you be judged hardly. Well, in a way. But you really have to recognize, really, what you really are inside of God. You know. If you make your law, and as many of the Jews also here of his mentioned, <clears throat> they thought that they were keeping the law all right, and they had a really uh, a preference from God because of it, not realizing that there was really no one that kept the law, that kept all of the law. Even the young ruler, <clears throat> when, when asked by Jesus, you know, how do you understand, what does the law say? And he says, well, I, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. I have kept all these things since my youth. And then when Jesus said, good, and he says he loved him. He says, now sell all that thou hast, give it to the poor, and come and follow me. And that showed really where his heart was. That to him, his riches were an idol. They took priority, took priority over following God. What a great opportunity he missed in being a follower of Christ, invited by Christ, come and follow me. If he had done what Christ told him, we probably would read more in the Bible about him. He was a young. He wanted the right things, but he didn't want to give up some of the things. And so it is with, with everyone, there are some things which we put before God, before following him God. And Usually those things, they don't come really out unless we are pressed. If your heart is, is in those things that you possess, what happens if you lose them? Did it happen to you? Perhaps you had a, maybe a, a watch or, or a, a gadget that you really liked and then you lost it and, and how you bemoaned it after that? Yeah. Are there other things that you felt you missed out? So really, or you think of yourself, you're doing all right as you go along, or you're young and healthy, and then sickness strikes you, and uh, you're faced with it. What then? 
what then? It's in the so-called tests when God allows calamity in life, when it wakens us up and really comes to show what is in us, what is in us. There are few that can stand up like Job did. No. There are few. And it's good for us to read some of the things that happened to them, <clears throat> to ask ourselves, what would we do in such circumstance? No. And when we really look at it, anything that we have so far experienced, at least the most of us, pales in comparison to some of the things they went through or even people that we know went through. We are asked to pray for the sick, you know, and to, to feel empathy with them, compassion, to, to realize <clears throat> what if I was in a situation, how would I take that? You know? And then how helpful it is then when we realize that people also pray for us, pray for us. Now we all, I'm sure, would like to be healed if we are sick. And it, I don't think it's wrong to ask for healing, but sometimes that's not in God's purpose. No. Those that he, pray for healing and demand that God does it may have to learn that God has a different purpose. No. When I think of Apostle Paul, who certainly was so active in, in the service of the Lord, doing so, suffering so much for him, and yet God denied him his request when he said, pray three times that this would be, depart from me, whatever suffering it was. And the Lord told them, my grace is sufficient for you. See, grace makes the whole difference. Because grace, we cannot do anything. During discipleship class, we talked about the law. And what is the difference between the law and when Jesus Christ came? The big difference is grace. The law is just, is holy, but doesn't promise salvation. It, the law judges whatsoever you do wrong. And the Jews, they prided themselves in it, but didn't apply it to themselves. They were quick to judge others. Like that Pharisee was praying, he said, I thank thee that I'm not like this publican. I'm thank thee that I'm not a, this publican. Quick to apply it to others but not to oneself. And the law was meant that we apply it ourselves so that we may recognize how wanting we are. That we have come short of the glory of God. We have come short of the purpose for which God has created us. And given circumstances and situations, we would fail miserably, even though we think ourselves are good while things are going fine. It's easy to be a Christian, as long as things go. But that's not the times when we grow. The times we really grow is by faith when we trust God when things don't go well. And we all would like to, <clears throat> to see things work out just the way we think they should. And then if they don't, that tests our faith. That tests our faith. When I think of the of the tree that were threatened to be put in the, in, into the oven that burnt. <clears throat> and he said, our God is able to, to save us. Surely he is able to do all those things. But if he will not, even so, we will not worship you. 
we will be true and faithful to God. That's the kind of attitude God is honored by. That's what he wants to see us. And not to misuse the law in a way applying it to others. You want the law, see what the law says, and look where you can find anything that it promise you salvation. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And God is not going to bend the rules just for you. He says, God is no respecter of person. He will not make exceptions. Don't think of it. Your parents may love you very much. They may make exception if you do something against uh, as compared to somebody else doing something. Yeah, but God is no respecter of person. And that really came to the, to the, to the forefront and, and emphasized it so dramatically that when Jesus became sin at the cross, God did not spare him. God is no respecter of person. God is truth. He cannot deny himself. Although we say God is almighty, he can do everything, he can do everything except deny himself. Do something that's against his character. And he so abundantly reveals his character in the Bible. The great condemnation is not that men have committed grave sins. The great condemnation is that they have rejected God's grace. <clears throat> and that's what he speaks. Is, Despisest thou the riches, his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth to repentance. The goodness of Lord leadeth to God leadeth you to repentance. It isn't like any of us did awake one morning and say, now I will follow the Lord, that it was in ourselves to seek the Lord. No. The Bible says they all have gone astray. They all have become unprofitable. Oh, we thought we did, but before that God already did draw us and was gracious. And without God's grace, we really cannot do anything right. Our very existence, our very opportunity to hear his word, our very opportunity to choose and act upon it is dependent on his grace. And he does give his grace, the Bible says, to the humble. The humble. So that's something, really, when we respond, because he gives grace and humble ourselves, that his grace works. But to judge... We dare not. We dare not. Often, nowadays, it's mistaken when you try to help somebody, to correct somebody. It's used, it's being said, you're judging. You go back to the law. But see, to be accountable for somebody, to love somebody, as the Bible says, requires sometimes to say things which are unpleasant that you won't like to hear. True love, as God displays, he says, he he chastises every son that he receives. If we truly love our children, yes, it's not just a matter of hugging them and just loving them, but wanting to see them to go the right way, to want them to see them go the right way. And that sometimes does require chastisement. I can see it. We had this past week. We had our grandchildren with us. You know, they're so lovable, so huggable. 
but they need to be corrected because that natural, the nature, human nature is inclined to end up doing what's not right. And it is a blessing when that can be nipped in the bud, when it can be dealt with while they're small, while they're small. That's where the Bible says, train a child. Train a child when he's young. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. That's not conversion, that's training. We cannot convert anyone. We couldn't even convert our own selves. It's by the grace of God which leads us to repentance. But we can train our children. We can train, and that's part of it. <clears throat> we can train them, we can tell them. He says, what profit had the Jew over the Gentiles? He says, well, to them were committed the oracles of God, the things that God commanded, that he told them. It was committed to them. That was their advantage. But woe if they didn't listen. God would deal them even harshly because much was given. So likewise, yes, our children are blessed because they are trained, they are told what's right and wrong, but warn them if they don't follow that. It's going to be worse for them. To whom much is given, much will be required. We dare not forget that. <clears throat> God is no respecter of person, but yet he is gracious to everyone. His grace is abundant and free, is offered to everyone without respect. It's offered to everyone. Christ died, as we read in John, for the sin of the whole world, to give an opportunity to the whole world, not just a few, but how many will accept that grace? How many will? How many will accept that grace? The grace of God, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, abundant in goodness of truth, forgiving iniquity and transgressions, and by no means will clear the guilty, but visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generation. That's the name that God himself declared to Moses when he wanted to see his glory. He wasn't allowed to see his glory, but was heard, allowed to, to see him from behind, the scripture says, <clears throat> and to hear his voice. Hear his voice. And his voice goes forth also today still. The word of God is before us. It's for us to judge what it says and to apply it to ourselves. The grace of Christ be with us all. To him be glory and honor evermore. Amen. There is no boasting when it comes to the word of God. The only boast is in Christ. And when we look at the Bible, the sad thing is that those that knew the most of the law, they used it the wrong way. That's why Jesus had to say to them, the publicans and the harlots going to the kingdom of God before you. So the word of God, as it says, is a two-edged sword, and we have to be very careful how it is being used. Very careful. First, we are told we should use it on us. And then look with mercy and grace to others. May the Lord bless his word. To him be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen.